And my, fir my first couple of locations I cited that went well, and I said, well, <laughs> this was kind of easy. You just sort of look around, you find a location, and it looks good, you know, and a lot of traffic going by, and I hung out and counted the cars and watched the people walking up and down the street. And brand new location, grand opening and everything, and 18 months later, I had to lock the doors and walk away from it because it was bleeding me to death. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined once again by Marvin L. Storm. Marvin previously featured on episode 176, so make sure you check that out as well. After exiting his last business, he planned to just kind of enjoy life. But after that brief stint in the slow lane, he realized that was not his style. He launched the Business Exit Stories podcast, where he interviews all sorts of transactional professionals, inviting them to share war stories of their good, bad, and ugly deals, all for the benefit of entrepreneurs. But he also picked the wrong location for his retail shop. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show. We all know that I like having recurring guests, but I've also started having guests on a bonus podcast called Bright Bulbs. It's a little bit more chill, a little bit more relaxed, and we have a lot of fun talking about silly ideas and creative projects we may or may not ever get into. If you want to access this special bonus podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Alex Williams. That's W-I-L-L-I-A-M-N-S. Or just click the first link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now, enjoy the show. Marvin L. Storm, ready to talk about another one of your broken bulbs? Yeah, this is a broken bulb that shattered, actually. So it was a bunch of pieces. <laughs> Perfect. And those are sometimes the ones we learn the most lessons from. So let's talk about you kind of being on top of the world and then thinking you picked a great location for a shop. And it didn't turn out that way. Uh, tell us what happened. Well, this was a, a kind of an interesting experience because sometimes you start believing your own press clippings because things have gone well. And uh, sometimes it, that can be good because it creates a lot of confidence. And uh, sometimes you're willing to take risks that you wouldn't normally take because things have gone well. Uh, on the flip side of that coin is that sometimes you get uh, kind of hubris and you don't, uh, you get the feeling a little bit too cocky. And that was kind of the case. Uh, you know, I had had recently sold a business and got involved in another business and, and that involved uh, something I hadn't done before. And that was running retail locations. And, uh, you know, as in real estate, anything to do with real estate, it's always location, location, location. And especially if you're in a retail business, uh, you got to keep your eye out for, you know, locations that have good visibility and traffic count and easy access. And, and uh, I, I sort of knew and understood those basics. And the first several locations that uh, I found and opened, uh, things went well, you know, um, there are companies that specialize, you know, in finding retail locations. And uh, I hadn't really figured that out yet, that there's a lot of data and metrics that go into that that can be easily quantified and measured and plotted on a map and, you know, with traffic counts and, you know, the demographics in a string, you know, in circles out from that location of what the demographics are and the disposable income of people and 
and all of those type of things. You can get very sophisticated when, you know, identifying what is going to be a good or bad location. If you think, you know, the Fortune 500 companies out there that locates, you take McDonald's or, you know, any of the big restaurant, fast food, casual dining, you know, companies out there that locations are critical for them. They've got this down to a science. And I was a newbie in this world and uh, was more or less going by my gut. And my, fir- my first couple of locations I cited that went well. And I said, well, <laughs> this is kind of easy. You just sort of look around, you find a location and it looks good, you know, and a lot of traffic going by. And I hung out and counted the cars and watched the people walking up and down the street. And, and uh, I thought, well, this, uh, this, this looks a brand, new, a brand new strip shopping center on a very busy street, you know, kind of a upper middle class area. And I thought, this is, this is a no brainer. And so I uh, went ahead and executed a five-year lease uh, pre- in real estate in California, uh, both on the residential, commercial, as well as, you know, lease rates uh, can be uh, very painful, you know, with, with very little negotiating ability on some of these properties for the, the tenant. And that was kind of the situation that I found myself in was negotiating for a five-year lease when had pretty aggressive uh, escalation in it for cost of living increases on an annual basis, uh, very little provision for build-out that is normally built into the lease that landlords are trying to get good tenants in and all of those things that are uh, a part of a, a lease negotiation and I found very quickly that, uh, you know, I had to just d- decide whether I was going to take it or not. You know, I, I was sort of fell in love with the location, which is something that you really can't do. <laughs> you know, if, 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 the, if the numbers don't fit and the metrics are very marginal on, you know, making this uh, profitable because you're paying so much rent and what the rent's going to escalate to in the future, but I had fallen in love with this location. It was brand new. Um, I was going to have it built out just the way I wanted to with the new leasehold improvements. And, and so sort of everything went wrong in this location. I mean, the leasehold improvements were, were too much, you know, there was uh, more than I thought they were going to be because the building inspector came in and wouldn't approve it. And I had to move electrical and all sorts of stuff. And, and so the build out was far more than I anticipated. And uh, I missed a key uh, component when I was uh, looking at this location, which was kind of a bonehead uh, miss, uh, was that uh, the traffic went by the enormous traffic. I mean, the traffic count uh, when I got the the statistics on traffic count uh, was, you know, 100,000 cars a day drove by this location, 90, 100,000 cars a day. However, what I didn't really figure out until later was all these cars were going to work in the morning and coming home in the evening, and, and very few were running, driving around during the day. Uh, and uh, because of all that traffic going by, uh, the access was a little bit more challenging for those people that actually did want to come in. Uh, you know, it became challenging to cross traffic going the opposite direction to get into the location. Uh, all of those things that are the nuances that I did. And uh, 
I was so excited to open this location, had the Chamber of Commerce there. We cut the ribbon, you know, and brand new location, grand opening and everything. And 18 months later, I had to lock the doors and walk away from it because it was bleeding me to death. Wow. I mean, one, okay, great lesson. Don't fall in love with, with the location or honestly with any of your ideas. What is it they say? You have to be willing to kill your darlings or something uh, in, in business and in creative projects in general. You have to be willing to let those things go. And then I really like what you touched on there with looking into the nuances. Okay, so the numbers look great. There's tons of traffic going by, but they're not coming in here and they're not interested in coming in here because it's going by, it's going somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So what, what kind of things did you adjust for yourself going forward in business? Well, I became much more cautious um, you know, because it's painful because I was on the hook for a five-year lease. I closed it in a year, a year and a half. And so I had personally guaranteed the lease. Uh, it was a high rent. It was something like $70,000, $80,000 a year for a very small location. And so I was on, I was on the hook for that. Uh, unfortunately, I was able to find someone to step in and uh, take over that location as someone that wasn't as much of a destination business. So it worked well for them. And so I was still on the hook. The landlord wasn't going to let me off of my personal guarantee just because I had somebody else stepping in. He kept them on the hook and me on the hook uh, for the full five years. And um, so I, uh, I learned a painful lesson there. Uh, it, it could have been a lot more painful if I hadn't been able to find someone to step in and take that location. So going forward, I became much more cautious. I uh, actually hired you know, a company to come in and help me with that process. I, I uh, figured out that I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. You know, And that's really a, a problem for, and I was young at the time too. I was in my... Uh, late 20, early 30s at the time. And, uh, you know, you get, as I said earlier, sometimes you get the believing, you know, you're smarter than the average Joe and you get a few articles written about you in the local paper and you show it to your friends and and uh, you think, I'm, I'm really pretty cool. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm Mr. Entrepreneur here. You know, and uh, you have to have these uh, bloody noses to figure out that uh, life can be pretty cruel. And of course, at the end of every episode, I like to hear what you're doing now, which of course is your podcast. You want to tell us where we can go to find business exit stories and what it's all about. Well, you know, when I sold my last business and stepped away, you know, I had been at this for decades and, uh, you know, building and scaling a business, probably like a lot of your audience. And it comes a time when uh, it's time to maybe take some of the chips off the table and step away and and uh, find another caretaker for your business, someone that can carry on your legacy. And that's kind of what I did. Um and I went through a process. Uh, some of the other uh, businesses I'd been involved in had been somewhat smaller scale, but this last one involved private equity and boards of directors and, you know, transaction attorneys and all sorts of folks. And, and although it went well, um, uh, I could have probably done better if I'd have been a little bit more dialed in. And as I, you know, took time off and we relocated and moved up. Uh, I live in Northern California, moved up to the Sierra foothills, uh, kind of on the way to Lake Tahoe. 
And uh, I got to thinking about my experience and got very bored, actually, and uh, really thought that, you know, there's probably a lot of other people out there that will soon go through or at some point in time in their business career uh, have to figure out how they're going to get out of the business that they spent decades and a lifetime building. And uh, because you only do it once or twice in your career, uh, you know, you generally don't have everything down and you're going through a learning curve. And so I decided to do a podcast because I love podcasts, listen, love to listen to them. And this has, uh, you know, been a real thrill for me to talk to the people that make deals, you know, the M&A specialists, the wealth managers, the transaction attorneys the, that deal and do deals every day. And I invite them on the podcast to share their stories, the good stories, the bad stories, and some of the real ugly and unfortunate stories of entrepreneurs that uh, got ready after all this time of building a business to sell and exit their business. And some of them dropped the ball on that last lap. And it's really kind of sad. Uh, And uh, so you have takeaways from each of those stories of what you should and should not do. Fantastic. And I'm going to have links to that and everything else you do down in the show notes for people to check out. And with that, I just want to say thank you very much for joining me. All right. You bet. And thank you for listening. There's a science to this stuff. So don't just go with your gut. Dig into the nuances and sort out what you're missing. Special thank you to Marvin for joining me once again and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out all of his work, which I have linked down in the show notes. And make sure you check out episode 174 of Broken Bulbs as well. And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.